For the metta practice today, we'll continue with the dear friend that Guy introduced on Friday. And before we go into a meditation, just a few pieces that to expand on and reinforce about some of what the others have said. One, I know that Guy talked about on Friday this, um, what he calls a four-part metta, where starting using the image and connecting with the sense of caring about the being and saying the phrase, understanding the meaning of the phrase. And in the fourth part is to check back in in the area of the heart and see how has it been for you to make that wish. For me, that fourth part was what really allowed the metta practice to begin to make sense to me. When we express the wish of metta, may you be happy, it's an intention, it's a, an expression of something that we may or may not be feeling, But intentions have an impact. They rebound on us. And so making that wish, what I found is if I'm willing to to express that wish and come back and check in, and how was that to make that wish? It begins to allow the metta practice to become an embodied practice. So an example for myself around this one retreat I was doing Metta for a month. Metta was the only practice I was doing for the month. And it went in and out of feeling juicy and able to connect with the experience of metta. And I remember at one point I was uh, in the dining room and it felt so dry. And I reminded myself, well, all I really have to do here is say the phrase and understand the meaning of the phrase and then check back in. How did that land? How did that land in the heart to say the phrase and understand the meaning? And what I discovered was, first time I made that wish and I checked back in, and and there was just a subtle shift in the heart, just a subtle shift of maybe a little bit of friendliness, you know, subtlest little shift. And then the next wish and felt back in to the heart. And I found that the, um, that practice of checking back in allowed the feeling to be nourished. It was almost as if the feeling in the heart was a little ember and each phrase was like a gentle wind encouraging that ember to grow. So I really encourage that part of the practice that Guy described. For me, it was a huge shift to uh, have it begin to feel like an embodied practice. Another piece that I'll uh, mention is that in moving to the dear friend in particular, um, we can start to have maybe a little bit of um, reactivity 
around wishing our dear friend metta. And it can slip into what's called the near enemy, which I believe Guy talked about on Friday. The near enemy being kind of love with a requirement, you know, attachment, an attached kind of love. I'll love you if you'll do this for me, or I'll love you if you love me back, that kind of exchange feeling about metta. It's very natural for metta to a dear friend to have that kind of quality. So attached love being the near enemy or near enemy of the well, the reason it's called near enemy is because it's something, it's, a, it's an experience or a state of mind that could be confused with the quality of metta. It's similar, it's close. And so there's a sense of that connectivity, but it's got some skew to it, a little bit of skew to it. The far enemy of metta is a state of mind that is so different than metta that you're not going to confuse it with metta. So the far enemy, which can come up as we're doing the practice, is aversion, ill will, even a sense perhaps of hatred, sense of competitiveness, of not enough for me, perhaps. When I first was doing the metta practice, it kind of surprised me um, in doing metta for a dear friend that these states would come up. You know, I thought, well, I'm wishing my good friend to be happy and healthy and well. And, and what comes up in my mind instead of those wishes is, yeah, but they did that thing. You know, it's just it's like the, the very bringing into the mind this wish, it's like it brings out the opposite. Another thing that Guy sometimes says, and maybe he said it on Friday, um, is that the metta practice is like running a metta magnet over your heart. And what a magnet does is it pulls its opposite to it. And so the practice is working (laughs) when these things come to the surface. So it's not that we're not supposed to have these things come. The near enemy of metta, that attached love, the far enemy of metta. Having them come into consciousness essentially means the practice is working. Another form of the, um, I think this is probably the far enemy, for me around the dear friend was this sense of fear in wishing my dear friend Metta that, but if I'm wishing her Metta, it means I'm wishing myself unhappiness. Somehow my mind had believed that happiness was a zero-sum game that if my friend was happier, it would correspondingly mean that I was less happy. 
And that's also a form of reactivity around metta. This belief, it's just an idea that there's only so much happiness to go around. I think it may come a little bit from the material world. You know, we associate happiness sometimes with material possessions, with having things. And maybe there are so only so many things to go around. But states of mind are very different. And it was quite a shift for me to recognize that actually when I could take happiness in my friend's happiness, it's like happiness can multiply and there's no limit to happiness. So the fact that these come up for us in our metta practice, again, it's not a mistake. And working with these difficulties, the first exploration would be simply kind of allowing them you know, it's, it's, you know, we can think of the uh, metta practice as being kind of like, you know, washing clothes. You know, the, the metta is the soap. You know, you're putting the soap into the washing machine. You're washing clothes and the soap attracts the dirt, right? You know, the soap pulls the dirt out of the clothes into the water and then the water gets rinsed away. And so we don't have to have a, an adversarial relationship with these difficulties that come up. It can, it can kind of just be the, oh, okay, there's, there's the near enemy. Whew. May it be washed away with this metta practice. Oh, there's the far enemy. May it be washed away with this metta practice. And so the first way to work with difficulty is simply to recognize, oh, these, these uh, other states are coming up along with the metta and to just keep going if that's possible. For myself, when it gets difficult, it it kind of, at least for me, sometimes feels like the heart begins to squeeze. Um, That if the near or far, far enemy is a little too strong... For me, at least, it feels like each phrase is just like adding a, a, a squeeze to the heart, and it gets harder and harder. And so if it, gets, if it gets too difficult, there's some kind of fallbacks. We can, maybe the first fallback would be to shift to a person, shift to one of the categories that's easier. Back to your benefactor, back to yourself, if that's easier for you to... You don't have to, unlike Vipassana practice where we're, you know, meeting suffering and working with that. With metta practice, we are encouraging finding where it's easiest. So it's not cheating. You know, it's not cheating. If it feels easier to go back to where the, uh, the heart feels more open, where you can connect with another person... That's perfectly fine. Go, go use another person for a while and then perhaps try to bring in your dear friend again. And being playful around the categories. We don't have to say, okay, I'm on dear friend now. That's all I do. We can have it be a little more fluid. Maybe one or two phrases to your benefactor and then one, one round to your dear friend and then one round to your benefactor and one round to your dear friend. Alternating in this way. 
and seeing if you can um, allow some of those near and far enemies to come into the wash and be released in that way by alternating your uh, some other people with your dear friend. If that still feels difficult, a couple different approaches you could use. Uh, and, and, and for me, sometimes with the metta practice, metta was not an easy practice for me. It took quite a while before I could really feel like I could connect with it and uh, not just be torqued into pain. On one uh, day-long retreat where I was doing metta, it was going okay for the morning, but by the afternoon, didn't matter which category I was trying to uh, send metta to, which person I was choosing, Every phrase, it was like there was so much pain in the heart that I couldn't even remember the metta phrases. It was so, it felt felt like this constriction, this steel band around my chest. And it was so painful to even try to think of the phrases that I couldn't think of the phrases. And the teacher on that retreat suggested, try compassion practice for yourself. That was doable because suffering was what was happening for me. The um, um, quality of compassion is the quality of the heart that can meet suffering. And so when I could express the wish, may I be free from this suffering, that I could remember and I could connect with that wish. And so that's an option also. To, if it feels too painful, if the, um, the practice is bringing up so much constriction or tightness that it feels very difficult to continue with the metta practice, you could try switching to compassion practice. And compassion practice is really simple. One phrase, may I or you be free from this suffering. I don't know if Guy mentioned this about the dear friend, um, but it is helpful in terms of doing the metta practice to pick a dear friend who is not undergoing a lot of challenge at this moment. Because it does move more into the terrain of suffering. If your dear friend is you know, struggling with something in their life, As you recall your dear friend, you'll probably recall that struggle. And it evokes more the sense of the the suffering. And that evokes the quality of compassion. So the quality of metta is the quality of the open heart, the connectedness, the free-flowing connectedness. When that open heart meets suffering, it shifts to compassion. And so, um, in general, if you're... uh, picking a dear friend, to pick someone who is generally feeling okay in their life at this point. And if you have a strong wish to bring a person who is suffering into the room, 
for the metta practice. You may from time to time find using that compassion phrase to be more resonant with what's actually happening for you. The phrase, may you be free from this suffering, is the expression of the open heart meeting suffering. And then if um, you're still, if none of those things is resonating for you in terms of working with the difficulty, you can always drop the metta practice and use mindfulness. Just shift to mindfulness practice to work with whatever has come up in your own heart and mind in that moment. And just be with it, allowing, accepting. This is what has arisen. Can I be with that? The same tools that we've been using for the few weeks we've been here. So let's explore the practice. And I'll do a a little bit of guiding at the beginning, at the very beginning, in a very light way. And use your own phrases. I'll, of course, suggest some phrases, very simple phrases to begin, but you don't have to feel like you need to use my phrases for yourself. And then uh, we'll stay with benefactor or self. I'm going to suggest you just start where it's easiest. And then we'll switch to friend, and I'll just, at some point in the... um, guided meditation suggests a timing for switching, but if it feels productive and appropriate for you to stay with uh, wherever it's easiest for you, just stay there. So allowing yourself to be as comfortable as possible. Allowing the mind and body to be Relaxed. And allowing the attention to just take in, connect with whatever's happening in the area of your heart. No right or wrong there. But just how is your heart in this moment? Allowing yourself to call Whoever's easiest, whether it's yourself or your benefactor, whoever's easiest for you to connect with, bringing that person to mind or bringing yourself into your heart. And allowing yourself to recollect some qualities that you appreciate about yourself or the benefactor. 
It's said that the proximate cause for metta is seeing the beautiful. Allow yourself to connect with the beautiful of yourself or the benefactor. And begin expressing the wishes of kindness, of friendliness, of caring. May I or you be happy. May I or you be healthy. May I or you be safe. May I or you live with ease. Continuing to express the wish of metta for yourself or your benefactor. With each phrase, checking in, how does it land? in your heart to make that wish.
Feel free to play with flowing between self and benefactor as it feels appropriate for you.
bringing your dear friend into your mind and allowing yourself to recollect some qualities you appreciate about your friend. And beginning to offer the phrases of goodwill to your friend. Bringing up an image of your friend if that's accessible. And if not, perhaps a sense of being with your friend. Saying the phrase, understanding the meaning, and touching back in to how does the heart feel having made that wish with each phrase?
if difficulty arises while doing the metta, knowing it's a very natural part of the practice. And if it is okay to keep going, just continue. And also knowing it's fine to change to another person, switch to compassion practice, or use mindfulness with whatever is arising.
Do you have any questions about your metta practice? Wanting to, yes. Yes. Yeah, that, that is the near enemy, I think, because it is that, that sense of, you know, really, in, in effect, it sounds like it's, it's in the terrain of compassion, because compassion comes with that wish to help. So it, it sounds like your sister's perhaps in um, a little bit of struggle. Not right now, but. Uh-huh. I see. Yes, yes. Yes, so so yeah, just notice that. Notice that that it's it's kind of like it's not just wishing her happiness, it's happiness with an agenda. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that is near enemy. So, yeah, just notice that and um you know, allow that but, you know, see if you can um, mm, release the agenda in a way. Yeah. 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 They say that metta is a concentration practice. When you get into the state of concentration, do you continue with the words? Or do you do like concentration where you stay with one? Is the sensation hard? When they say it, so the, the, the metta as a concentration practice, a question about that, and do you continue with the words? Or, um, you know, there are different ways to explore it. When I've done it as a concentration practice, I have continued with the words. Um, the, the, um, in fact, to me, it felt like I got concentrated on the intention towards metta more than the feeling of metta. If you have more of the feeling of metta going, then you can let go of the words, um, but you know the, the 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 words are kind of the engine in a way that keep it going. Um, so you can usually it depends on how deep the concentration gets. At a certain point, the words will fall away. Um, so you know it depends on how deep the concentration is. But generally, you can keep going with the phrases, and it actually supports the concentration to deepen, to keep going with the phrases. So uh, the question, a question about metta practice and compassion practice, and are they different? Um, and the, referring to the story I told about changing to compassion practice for myself on that day long, where it got so difficult to do the metta. Um, in compassion practice, there is a difference between metta practice and compassion practice. Uh, in metta practice, we're connecting with the quality of connectivity of the open heart, um, friendliness, caring, those kinds of qualities. With compassion practice, we're highlighting suffering. So it's, it's a similar quality of heart, and that quality of the open heart, when it meets suffering, that 
open heart resonates with compassion. So it's a different um, quality and we may, we may actually do some compassion practice later in the retreat. Um, in that case, what we do is we actively bring suffering into our minds to cultivate that quality of compassion, the heart that can stay open in the face of suffering. And so when I did that for myself in that day-long retreat, what was coming up for me was suffering. And it was much more natural in a way for me to use the compassion phrase, which the very simple phrase, may I be free from this suffering, um, that resonated. <laughs> I did wish to be free from that suffering. <laughs> so it was a very, it was a very natural uh, wish and it, it, uh, it made the practice doable. So it, it felt different to me. And it is, it is a different practice because we're, with compassion practice, we're actively uh, trying to meet suffering. So some, say something about the pace of changing between various categories um, and connected to that perhaps uh, with concentration, is there um, something about ha- changing categories when concentration is arising? About a, a particular person. Um, so... I can speak from my own experience around this. Uh, There are probably a lot of different ways. I mean, one thing I really appreciate about practice is that there's so many different doorways and so many different ways it works for different people. And so the first thing I'd suggest is what works for you. You know, look at that. Trust your experience. If you find that it's supportive to just stay with one category and that that helps to deepen the concentration, that's great, you know, do that. If you find it's more helpful to switch categories, if you find that the, the meta stays more lively when you're switching categories, play with that. For myself, I've seen with the concentration practice, it stabilizes, at least for me, it stabilizes the concentration to stay with one person for a while. It, it, uh, the, the, the person gets much more clear the, the experience of directing metta towards that person is more clear. Um, the question about going more towards the pervading, um, we haven't really gotten towards the pervading yet in, the, in these instructions, but I have been playing with that in my own practice and actually find that to be fairly natural um, to let go of the person, let go of the object. And when the feeling is present, just allow the feeling to spread. And so that's also a possibility um, for the, especially for concentration. You know, it does feel very natural to do that. So, uh, you know, I really would encourage you what works, but um, those are just a few thoughts around that. Is there any, is there any follow-on question that you would have?
Uh-huh. Yeah, and for me, you know, when I did that month-long metta practice, I stayed with self and benefactor for two weeks. I didn't even switch categories. I really allowed it to stabilize there. And that allowed the concentration to, to deepen. So, um, you know, it depends on whether you're using it as a concentration practice or not, partly. Um, when I'm not using metta as a concentration practice, and I'm more looking at just allowing the heart to vibrate and resonate in sympathy with people, I kind of just let whoever pops up, pop up. You know, so I'm not so concerned about stabilizing the mind with one particular person. So it partly depends on your purpose. You know, are you using it for concentration? And if you are, then I, I think um, staying with one person for over sittings, over days, is helpful. The standard, uh huh. Um, and then when I move on to friend or, or uh, benefactor, then I move back to the more traditional ones. Do you have any thoughts about that? So again, the 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 answer is different depending on whether you're doing it as a concentration practice, or you're more interested in cultivating the quality of metta just for itself. Um, Generally, I find if I'm just cultivating the quality of metaphor itself, what works? <laughs> um, that may be different phrases um, for different people. It might be um, uh, switching more categories more quickly, allowing different people to pop in, you know, being really creative, you know, um, envisioning people in different situations that reflect what they're doing. Um, when you're Exploring it as a concentration practice, generally simplifying the phrases is helpful. And then over time, in, when I was doing it as a concentration practice, even the whole phrase, may I be happy, may you be happy, began to feel like too much. And it was just like, oh, happy. And just using that simple word. And, and to have the phrases be able to kind of co- collapse down to a simple word was helpful. Um, but again, it's it, it depends, and maybe one more, yeah. I think what was uh, what's been coming up for me with these meta practices, I think it's, it feels like beauty, mm. and it feels overwhelming at times. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how to handle what I feel like. So what, so what I'm hearing is that when you're doing the metta, something comes up that feels like beauty, and, and, and I'm interpreting that as a beautiful state of mind. Yeah, but it, it's like too intense Yes, yeah. So it's strong, it's overwhelming. And you know, this sometimes happens. Um, uh, I found for myself, I mean, I was really, uh, you know, in my early years of practice, Aversive states of mind were, you know, really comfortable for me. 
I could be angry and know I was angry and, you know, this was not too difficult for me, but joy, happiness, love, those were really hard. It's like they felt like it was like, you know, overwhelming to uh, connect with them. They were so unfamiliar in a way. And um, uh, so what I'd, I'd suggest perhaps if it feels overwhelming, switch to mindfulness rather than continuing with the mental practice, switch to mindfulness and see if you can allow the uh, feeling. For myself, the little bit of wisdom that was help, helpful when uh, beautiful states would arise and I couldn't deal with them, they were overwhelming. The little bit of wisdom that was helpful was, it's okay, this will pass. <laughs> And that was, it was actually really great, you know. And what would seem to happen there was that the resistance to that state would let go. And then it would get strong. It would like even get more intense. But then it would be like a wave that, that like flowed out. And then on the other side of it, it was much more tranquil. So uh, that little bit of wisdom, it's okay, this will pass, allowed it to do a natural movement. Um, and you know, so so I would encourage a you know mindfulness of that experience. So let go of the meta phrases for a while, and and just explore how is it to allow this beauty. You may notice some contraction, some resistance, some fear, some confusion. Allow all of that, and you know, perhaps this. It's okay. It will pass. <laughs> So we need to stop. Thank you for your metta practice. It's such a beautiful thing to sit in a room where this is what's happening. What great karma. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.